Hey everyone, you are listening to Do You Follow, a podcast on social media, influencer marketing, and internet culture. And I'm your co-host, Juliet Dallasfini, aka J Dalphine on Instagram and all the other places. We've got a short and sweet episode today, No Games, uh, which is somewhat a sequel actually to our last episode on community building. But this time we're talking about networking in the age of COVID. So if you're like me and Rachel and you're used to going to in-person events to do your networking, how do you continue to maintain and build new relationships in your industry when you can't do so in person? We talk about the digital platforms that are currently out there for networking, obviously, of course, LinkedIn, but some newcomers like Lunch Club and Medley. But before we get started, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating and review if you like what you hear. Of course, we love when you tell your friends and family about this too. If you want to share the love on Instagram stories and tag me and Rachel at jdalphine and at Rachel Joe Silver, please do. We love to see it. Plus, we are taking new questions for upcoming episodes, so if you are a marketer out there or a business owner and have a specific problem in the world of marketing, social influencers, and you're looking to solve it and want some help, please send us a voice note. You can just record one on your phone and send the file to doyoufollowpodcast at gmail.com. Just let us know if you'd like to keep your question anonymous or not. You can also just write it out and email it to us if that's easier, and we will be sure to feature it on an upcoming episode. We always like our questions to be really specific so we can help you drill down and get into it. Just think of us like your pro bono social media consultant, so you'd be crazy not to send us a question. Okay, let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back to Do You Follow Podcast. I'm Juliet. I'm Rachel. (laughs) I feel like... um, we had some like letters to the editor about our community building conversation last week. I feel yeah. like should we give a little more info about the social media group text? Yeah, let's explain who we are. But it's like friends of ours who are all ex-colleagues in some fashion, basically. And there's yes. like mm-hmm. one, two, five of us. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's worked in social and influencer marketing and I feel like there's like a lot of diversity of opinion, shockingly. It's always a very like fruitful conversation. And today mm-hmm. we all were texting. <laughs> Rachel was like, it's dangerous having text on my computer because we were just like going off for like 30 minutes at least. So also, meanwhile, so I had to like turn it off. Not because I'm not interested, but like I just <laughs> had to do some other stuff. And also, um, a girlfriend of mine is pregnant right now. People ask me for advice on topics like about the baby and stuff like that, not because I'm like some kind of expert, but because I like like giving advice or like feedback on products, you know, because I'm like a marketer. Totally. So so she'll send me some like short text, like, what do you think of XYZ? And I'm on my computer, so I like go bananas. And then I think she like often regrets asking me. Um, <laughs> so I was like deep into like computer texting. Yeah. Campaigns. I was like, I, I got to pull up right now. I, I know. Need to, like, <laughs> um, anyways. Okay. That's about texting. So our letter from the editor. So last week we were talking about building community and we were, the big thing we were talking about is the difference between community as like a byproduct of what you're 
building like Peloton, Birchbox, Rent the Runway versus mm-hmm. like community as your product, like Chief or The Wing or Female Founder Collective. And, you know, I think the very short synopsis of what we decided is like, even though we as users like prefer Slack because it's easiest and we're like sort of living there anyway, if you're The Wing or Chief, like it makes sense that you would want to build something that's like yeah. what people are paying for. You want total ownership over it. Where if you're like, a Peloton or a Birchbox or like a pet food company, like probably don't force people to like join something new. Yeah. So mm-hmm. today someone on the chain shared something called Lunchbox, which I don't still don't know exactly what it is. I'll let Juliet explain which Lunch Club. Know. Okay. So tell me what is Lunch What is Lunch Club? Club, not Lunchbox. I keep wanting to say Lunchbox. <laughs> okay. So Lunch Club, I will read from you the TechCrunch article. They've raised $4 million. The round was led by Andreessen Horowitz. There's also Quora's co-founder and the Robin Hood co-founder. So they've got like flex in the game for legit, this. Legit, legit. It says that they're a startup that's looking to help users navigate finding new connections inside specific industries, which sounds like broad, but also niche at the same time. And I think our concern is just that like, you have to have good quality people on this app in order for it to be something that people like good people in the industry will want to be a part of something I think about a lot though what I use LinkedIn like all day every day right and something I think about a lot is like LinkedIn feels like it's for olds which I consider myself to be an old and I do think a lot about like probably someone's gonna make a LinkedIn for youngs yeah, I mean, like, Sophia Amoroso was trying to make that girl boss a LinkedIn for, like, women. But the thing, the reason LinkedIn is powerful is because everyone's on it. So it's, like, whoever you want to find, there's no, like, cool, uncool, like, good, bad. It's just, like, I need to find someone who works at this company. Yeah. You can find them on LinkedIn. So if Lunch Club is trying to be that, but just, like, making it easier to find people or for youngs like that to mm-hmm. me makes a ton of sense. I feel like LinkedIn is like the only network of its type and like, it's just like due for some disruption. Yeah. I guess the question I was asking on the group chain. And again, I think this like reflects my privilege, frankly, is like, I was really lucky enough to like go to New York for like internships and like make friends and meet other lucky people who did internships in New York and we've stayed friends and we met at parties and blah, blah, blah. So what I'm saying is like, there is a need for that for people who aren't able to do that. Yeah. And like, what's the right way to do that is my question. And the wing and chief are different Mm -hmm. because those are still for people in these particular cities who can afford Mm -hmm. to join. Yeah, there's definitely like an exclusivity to it. Which is fine and it has its purpose, but I feel like Bumble Biz could be like, okay, so you don't have some cool internship for XYZ reason, but you Mm -hmm. still want to meet networks. There's also, I just heard about one um, called Medley that was started, uh, I think it's like just starting now. It's actually started by a mom and her daughter, uh, two black women, and the mom worked at Goldman Sachs for many years. And yeah. the daughter, I think, is, like, in her, I don't know, mid to late 20s and went to, like, Harvard. And they have this, like, very impressive 
resume and background and they're building kind of a version of the wing it was originally supposed to be this sort of like club type membership and they were going to start first with the new york location but because of the pandemic it's all mm-hmm. online now and they it's different in that it's not just like a space that you co-work and network with other people they assign you to like eight other people in a group and everybody in the group is sort of carefully curated and selected she does their, that yeah you don't which have to kind of partake cool. in that piece of it yeah. So I think like, okay, if we're trying to organize this like space, there's like the wing and a couple other ones that are like co-working and like supposedly curated. So like you have a place to work and you'll meet like-minded people and there's content, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's something like chief, which is like YPO. There is some content, but like you're networking like within like a certain tier of seniority or whatever Mm -hmm. and then there's like bumble biz or girl boss which is like anyone can join and the curation you assume is like self-selection like if you're interested in this yeah which i think is and but then the other thing we're talking about is like a create and cultivate where like create and cultivate is like heavy on the content like lighter on the networking yeah And then there's like the question, like, are you doing it to meet peers or Mm -hmm. to meet like mentors? Like, you know? Yeah. I mean, interestingly, Lunch Club does not have the sort of exclusivity, I think, that I would expect from this. It's unclear who their target customer is because it seems like pretty broad. But like you can select in your initial sign up you can select what your goals are like are you looking to fundraise are you looking to invest are you looking to brainstorm with peers which feels like very different types of people to join something like this well again I feel like LinkedIn is just like a social network where you're your real self you're your work self yep you know it's just Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is like finding people based on their job Mm mm-hmm Right. And so like a more modern version of it makes total sense to me. It's not like the LinkedIn search and filter is so amazing. So if lunch club is like, okay, you join, you're your real self. You list all the places you've worked. Angel list. I mean, angel list is like that, right? Angel list is like a mini LinkedIn for people like loosely related to Silicon Valley. I feel like angel list should have started this. Yeah. But angel list feels like it was started by tech boys. Mm-hmm. And LinkedIn feels like it was started by dads. So, like, yeah. <laughs> it just makes sense that someone would make one that's started for, like, youngs, you know. But, like, I think the problem – what we were talking about on the chat that feels like a problem that's still – I don't feel like anyone's necessarily solved yet is, like – so, again, like, this is a very privileged experience that I've had. And I'm trying to figure out, like, how do you replicate this for other people? So, like, when I was – in my first couple years at work, I still had friends who were, like, interns. Like, you're that age, Right. And every summer, New York is, like, flooded with interns. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they live, like, in dorms, and they live all over the city, and you go to certain bars, and it's, like, all interns. And you have friends who are interning, like, at other places, and you, like, make friends. And then you come back the next year, and, like, maybe you all have, like, jobs or your interns the second year or whatever. And, like, we would always say, like, make friends with all the other interns because in 10 years, like, you're all going to be, like, the managers yeah. and in 20 years you're all going to be the VPs and then you're all going to start your own companies and like blah, blah blah 
I can't think of a love story TV intern specifically who like I got to know her roommate over the summer because she was always like coming to the office and picking her up and then I'd get invited to a party and I didn't want to go so I'd send it to my intern and she'd bring her best friend and then I helped her get like a job later you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying so it's like but you network with your peers and then you get access to your peers networks right and that's yeah. just like a thing that happens organically if you're lucky enough to have those experiences in New York or in DC or like in LA or like whatever so yeah. I guess like what I think Bumble, to me, Bumble Biz could be like, how do you make friends? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, every friend you have is going to have at least one valuable person in their network and maybe they'll connect you to them and you to them. And especially right now when people can't work in offices, you know, yeah. like, what's the online version of like the bar I'm thinking of is like in New York, the frying pan. Oh, what's yeah. the online version of the frying pan? Like, you would never go. Once you're not an intern anymore, you would never go there. Yeah, so true. But it was, like, the best place. Yeah, I'm still not sold on Lunch Club, but I could potentially see this doing well because of the times that we're living in Mm -hmm. and people wanting to still have that sort of, like, networking aspect, but they physically can't right now. My dad was asking me today, could you do your job forever remote and I was like yes my day-to-day job Mm -hmm. I could do from anywhere like most of my meetings are with my team most of my external meetings are calls like that's Mm -hmm. fine but it's like since starting love stories feed particularly because we're in an industry that touches fashion and touches events and beauty it's like we go to like parties and we go to like fashion week and we meet people and then we become friends with them and then they introduce us to somebody else. Da, da, da. It's like that's the piece that actually matters a lot when you're doing business and when you're starting Like a we business. would go to events and parties so that we could make those connections in person. Exactly. To have partnerships and relationships for down the road. Exactly. And so I think that's, that's also something I'm hearing from people who work at really big companies. They're like worried about this year in terms of their like – upward growth in the company because they can't do those like you know traditional relationship building things in the office that they would with kind of higher up people I think what's going to happen with remote work is like if you're at a certain place in your career everyone has different career aspirations everyone's like at different levels there might be someone who's like you know the phase I'm in right now I just like want to do my job and like do it well and like get my paycheck and like get my insurance and like be with my kids as much as I can. Like working remote is Mm -hmm. good for me if I have childcare. Mm -hmm. But there's someone who's like younger or like maybe they're just on the edge of becoming a VP or something. And they're like, no, I need to be like networking Mm -hmm. and like hustling. And like, that's not where I'm at right now. And like, that's when working remote is tough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to be interesting to see. And then the other thing we were talking about on the chat is like content and like, we were talking about something like create and cultivate where it's like there are lots of business leaders who share insights on their Instagram or maybe they have like a newsletter, but there's lots of people who like don't, it's just not their nature. They don't do that. And so like the way you learn from them is by like seeing them at a conference. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like, and so something like create and cultivate is great because you could learn from, you could meet people there and you could like learn from the people on stage. And I think, 
you know, someone like you or I like take that for granted because we have access to a lot of those people who are speakers. We know them or we've worked for them, but like not everyone has that, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that piece of it can be done really well online, like Mm -hmm. watching a panel, asking a question. But like we were using the example of like you once saw Katya speak, went up to her after and were like, I'm going to work at Birchwalk someday. And then you actually, I think your applicant, like that had nothing to do with it. Right. But like, yeah, the point is like you were able to do that. mm -hmm. And like, that's the piece that's missing. Yeah. I was able to do that. And then I was able to like use that as sort of like a nugget in my interview process, which helped. Yeah. And I did like, actually recently I was like on a panel for like Cornell, something for Cornell tech and I, to try to like manufacture that part of it after I was like, here's my email, like email me. And I got a ton of emails and I got back to like a couple of those people, but I couldn't get back to everybody. And I think that when you're in person, sometimes people just like make a certain impression on you or like, I don't know, mm-hmm. it's just tough. That stuff's tough yeah. online, you know? Yeah. This is a great segue into the other thing we were going to talk about right. in the episode, which is right. the teacher economy or yes, the master class economy as mm-hmm. we are coining the term you heard it here first <laughs> and <laughs> this is not new to like internet creators and educators this idea of monetizing your skill set through kind of courses that people pay for your audience pays for or even but, don't I mean YouTube 101 was Michelle Fan yeah, like that was master class so true which is actually not what you and I are talking about what we're talking about is people who have a profession that they get paid to do and as a supplemental revenue stream they're teaching other people how to do it Mm -hmm. so that example i use about michelle and all the youtubers that's actually just people i mean i guess instructional content on the internet isn't anything new is what i was trying to say yeah but like they were just doing that for fun it's like now there's this thing where it's like i get paid to be a wedding planner but i'm going to teach other wedding planners how to be better at what they do or right. I'm a fashion Instagram influencer, but I'm going to teach other up and coming fashion. Like that's mm-hmm. where the, it's like a cottage industry is like people teaching other people how to do what they do. Yeah. I just think this is to take it back a second. The way that the influencer economy is evolving is really interesting. Right. Using Instagram and sponsored content was a way to monetize. And that was really like the last several years the whole industry has changed towards like understanding that as like a new marketing channel Mm -hmm. and a way that influencers can make a profit off of their audience. Mm -hmm. And now what I'm seeing is influencers using whatever it is their skill set is, whether it's like being a stylist or taking really good photos and editing them or being like creators wanting to share that this ins and outs of how they do that with their audience through a paid structure. And there's also like an avenue, which many influencers have done when instead of, you know, doing sponsored content, they then start their own brand, which is a product they physically sell. So this Mm -hmm. like sort of masterclass economy, I think is an, I'm going to say it's a new trend that a lot of influencers will start to do. And I've sort of like peripherally seen it in maybe more of the types that are like the wedding photographers or like planners Mm -hmm. of the world who are in more niche industries. But 
I think that there is going to be sort of a monetization and sort of like curriculum based paid structure for some of these more mainstream influencers as a way to just have an additional revenue stream. And I guess like to go even a deeper dive, it's like there's wedding planners teaching other wedding planners how to improve their business. And then there's wedding planners being like, I'm going to teach you brides how to plan your wedding, taking what you do as a profession and making a class, which that's like masterclass, right? Like I'm a top chef and I'm going to teach everyday people how to make food is different Mm -hmm. than I'm a top chef and I'm going to like teach other chefs how to be better. Yeah. Which I actually am not familiar enough with masterclass to know if I feel like it's more consumer facing, but I think Mm -hmm. the thing that's really made this take off is this even more macro trend where it's like, it's never been easier to like start a business or a side hustle because of the internet. So it's like, this is what create and cultivate is, right? It's like create and cultivate assumes that like Mm -hmm. every woman basically has like a side business she wants to start, whether it's a blog or like an event planning company or like a coaching business and create and cultivates like, I'm going to teach you how to like start your business, whether it's a side Mm -hmm. business or like your full job or whatever, whether it's a jewelry making thing or whatever. And I feel like that's what some of the influencers now are like, everybody wants to know how to take good pictures, even if they're not Mm -hmm. trying to be a professional influencer. I remember Mariana Hewitt, who is like a big influencer with a million followers now and has her own beauty brand. A few years ago when we were at Birchbox, I went on a trip with influencer trip with her to Turks and Caicos and she had only been doing her YouTube channel and Instagram for like a year at that point. But she was like, my biggest video to date was me showing people how I edit my videos. And she's like a fashion and beauty influencer and people like follow her for that. But they also, this was like 2014, 2015. And it was just when people were like, like everyone was on Instagram and everyone was starting to like, follow all these influencers and wanting their photos on Instagram to look like the influencers photos, even if they were from the middle of nowhere and had like a hundred followers. Right. If you, to be a successful fashion influencer, you have to have good fashion sense and you have to take good pictures and make good Mm -hmm. videos. And like, and it used to be when it was at the time of blogging, you had to be like, be a decent writer. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you're a successful fashion influencer, you could teach people, how to grow your Instagram. You could teach Mm -hmm. people how to work with brands. You could teach people how to edit photos. Like there's so many things that you can teach people. You could, if you're good at TikTok, you could teach people how to make TikToks. Exactly. No matter what your type. Exactly. So like, yeah, the reason we like segued into this is because people, if you're a successful influencer, you've like created a community, your community follows you on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But Julia, it's exactly what you said, where it's like, phase one of how influencers monetized was like a brand sponsored them. Phase two is like, maybe they made their own merch. And now phase three is like, they're teaching other people how to do what they do. Yeah, which is really interesting. If we had more time, we could make our own Patreon and people could pay us to do more in depth social media. But for now, this is a pro bono social media free advice podcast. So just know you're this is a high value product that you're getting. Well, I feel like the next wave of sponsorship will be like something I talk about all the time is like, know what create and cultivate is killing the game by getting brands to just do what I call like headline sponsorships of their content. Like brought to you by Madewell, brought to you by Amex, whoever does sales for create and cultivate, like call me. 
I know. Like, I, so good. I'm so obsessed with what you're doing. And I think sometimes a headline sponsorship, like, like these brands are getting their money's worth for sure. Being associated with creating Cultivate is so smart. And But the yeah. point is, is it's like, you could be like Adobe, you could be QuickBooks, you could be anyone. And it's like, so I think individual influencers are going to start to partner with these like business tools mm-hmm. and be like, I'm an influencer. I use QuickBooks yep. for my business. You know, everyone, especially I feel like influencers right now have to like pivot their businesses a bit. There's not as for many sure. like, activations happening. There's Brands not, don't have know, as big of like advertising budget. People aren't traveling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people have time right now to and want to sort of like get deeper on specific topics or maybe they want to learn something that they haven't like learned yeah. before. It's hard to like pivot your audience to do that like unless you have a super engaged audience that want has, like you've already figured out that they want this content but I think it could be an interesting trend in sort of like the teaching economy. So we'll see. That's a wrap on this week's episode of Do You Follow podcast. If you have questions for an upcoming episode about social media, influencer marketing, internet culture in general, we want to help you. So please send a note to do you follow podcast at gmail.com. We'd love it if you send us a voice memo note. You can just record on your phone and send us the file and let us know if you want to be anonymous or not. We'll be sure to keep it anonymous if you'd like. You can also just type out your question and email it to us at that same email. Do you follow podcast at gmail.com. We are looking for new questions and callers and want to feature you on an upcoming episode. So please make sure to reach out. As always, if you like what you hear, give us a rating and review. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And we'll see y'all next week right back here. Bye.